The Sooners get on the board with their first commit. Let's tell you why you're going to love this kid on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. And Josh, we got our first commitment of the 2024 cycle. It wasn't a quarterback. It wasn't a skill position player that had been trending towards Oklahoma. No, it was a flurry of predictions, a recent momentum changing recruitment for one Jeremiah Newcomb, a 2024 four-star cornerback out of Arizona, Josh. I love it. Yeah. It's kind of what we talked about that. Honestly, if, if you could pick it between now in the end of spring through the end of summer, if there was one side of the football that you'd like to start stacking up some recruits on, probably it's that defensive side of the football. I uh, feel like pretty confident. Historically, Oklahoma's had a nice track record landing the offensive talent, whether that's skill guys, quarterbacks, uh, at, at times, maybe offensive line. I would entertain an argument that, you know, there needs to be more Caden Greens of the world and, and maybe less developmental types there. But generally speaking, offense hasn't been the problem for Oklahoma. So to see that OU gets on the board first with a blue chip defensive talent out of, uh, well, out of the, the, can we call it West Coast? I mean, Southwest. Out of, yeah. yeah, Southwest out of, out of the, west portion of the contiguous united states right it's yeah. uh certainly all the the west coast schools were in on jeremiah newcomb so uh, to see a corner get aboard the the uh commit train first for oklahoma i, I love it man it's huge well what's interesting too is that it, it's something that seemingly like kevin sperry kind of came out of nowhere. You know, Parker Thune, our buddy over at OU Insider 247 Sports, kind of talked about it too. He said, if you would have asked me to put money on who would be the first commitment of the 2024 cycle, this was the guy I would have named, I think he said like 80 or 90 guys that he thought would have been the first commit. And here it is, Jeremiah Newcomb. And it goes to show just the the ability of Brent Venables, Jay Vali, Brandon Hall, his coaching staff, you know, Lee Davis, the on-campus recruiting coordinator, all those folks really putting in the work when they get this these kids on campus and they're able to make such significant headway um, in such a short amount of time. And I think that was the case for Newcomb. You flip on the tape, and man, if you guys haven't gone to Huddle yet and watched this guy, you're going to love what you see. He's very twitchy. He's very quick. To me, the thing that really stood out too is I feel like he's got a really fast processor now, we use those terms uh, when it comes to computers, but his brain seems to really um, diagnose the play well and react really quickly to what he sees. And that's that's a really great element to have for a defender because you've got to be able to see what's coming and then be able to make something happen with your body to go make a play. And he does that, whether it's on a wide receiver screen, in the run game, you know, playing off-man coverage, 
they're throwing a curl route. They're throwing an out route. I mean, he's breaking on the ball, breaking on the receiver before the ball's ever left the quarterback's hands. He's just an athlete. I mean, a lot of the guys that Oklahoma's recruiting right now are two-way players that play offense and defense. This is a guy that could probably start for a lot of teams at wide receiver, and he's going to have some really strong punt return ability as well for the Sooners. Like, this is a dude that he's going to be able to do a lot of really, really interesting things for you, but defensively, I mean, he's going to be a, a very, very nice piece to have on the outside at cornerback for, for Jay Valai, for Brent Venable's defense. It's going to be huge. Well, I, I like the word twitchy. Out of Castile High School, by the way, if we've buried the lead on that from out in Queen Creek, Arizona. Five foot 11, 175-pound cornerback is what he's listed, 24-7 sports. And uh, what he's got on his huddle profile is a 40-yard dash time of 4.5 seconds, a 100-meter dash time of 11.3 you uh you watch enough of the tape and those those numbers i think are about right but at times like you said the the twitchy the twitchiness about his game to process and then get downhill to a ball carrier at times I, you know i'd be curious to know not just the 40 yard dash time or the 100 meter dash time some of the other stuff that kind of tests acceleration and it looks at again those processing skills john and just that that quick burst because he, he a couple of these clips he really does get downhill in a hurry to ball carriers and i guess what i'm saying is i i get it the four four five forty yard dash time is looks right that checks out 11 3 100 meter dash time is right it checks out but at times it's like well wait a second he might be a little bit quicker or he plays a little bit faster than that uh, four or five 40 yard dash time. And I think probably with any defensive back, John, you're looking for somebody that has the ability to go up and make a play on the football. Yeah. Is a two way player can play offense, can play defense. I do see some of those punt return type traits. If, uh, if Oklahoma wanted to go that direction in the future. So yeah, you, you look at the, the tape, and you really, really like, I think, what you see. Coverage skills, no surprise. He's got good coverage skills there. Uh, maybe some would look at it and say, you know, six-foot-one frame would be really, really nice. But, man, you get somebody that can just go make a play on the football and, again, flies to the football the way that it looks like Jeremiah Newcomb does. And uh, it's, it's an exciting get, exciting ad for Oklahoma. Yeah, a, a four five forty for a junior in high school, if that is an accurate number, that's really fast. Like you got NFL players going into the NFL or players going into the NFL draft at cornerback. Like four five is kind of like the bottom end of what you're looking for, but you can still get drafted with a four five. I think you're you're talking about like a 10 yard shuttle a, or a 10 yard split, a 20 yard shuttle, three cone drill. And he yeah, he's gonna excel in all three of those areas as well. I think by, probably by the time that he gets done, he's he's looking at sub 4-4. Four, four. Just based on what we see right now, if that continues to build and he continues to progress and, and improve his speed and his strength and everything that goes with you know speed training, I, I don't see any reason why he's not breaking 4-4 four, four by the time his collegiate career is done. He's just He's just fast. Like, he plays fast. And I think that's probably the most important part of this is that he plays fast. He's not just fast for fast sake. There's a lot of fast players out there that play slow. He plays fast. And that's what shows up is that he's generally one of the faster players on the field. Even when it looks like it's blocked up, he's fast enough to get 
through the blocking scheme to get to the wide receiver screen, through the blocking scheme to get to the running back and bring him down. He's just that that twitchy of a dude. I mean, there's several times where he's setting the edge and he doesn't just engage the blocker. He like goes around the blocker to get to the ball carrier to bring him down. Very, very impressive. Just the the overall ability is still really impressive. I, I'm really liking what I see. And, and again, this goes back to the recruiting abilities of this coaching staff. Just picking up where they left off in the 2023 cycle. They picked up seven DB signees in the 23 cycle. I think six of those were blue chip signees. And then you just add another one to them. Like J. Valai, Brandon Hall, they're doing yeoman's work on the recruiting trail right now. Fantastic job. It's a whole lot of great things coming on the recruiting trail, even for the 2025 recruiting class. I mean, Oklahoma had prospects as deep as 2027 in Norman this weekend. So they're building relationships, gaining momentum. It's all going good. We're going to talk about a few more players that Oklahoma is building momentum with on the recruiting trail, picking up crystal ball, rival future casts, on through predictions. We'll talk about that. First, let me talk to you about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried it, you're missing out. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKS15, or you go check out at Walmart, Sam's Club. Hey, fantastic. Tastes great. Great for you. 100% covered in chocolate. It's low calorie, low carb, low sugary, high in protein. Got great vitamins, nutrients, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, coconut brownie chunk, some of my favorites, but they've got great flavors all across the board. Salted caramel, mint brownie. I mean, my daughter was talking about them this morning at breakfast and reminded me that I needed to order some Built Bar because we've been out. So got to go to Built.com. I got to use promo code LOCK15, get that 15% off at Built.com. So Josh, several more crystal balls. Let's stick with the 2024 class for now because that's the one that's the most pressing, the one that's most urgent. And like with Jeremiah Newcomb, we saw a flurry of predictions come through not long before he made his commitment. Like over the weekend, it was like Friday, Saturday. We got four or five, maybe six predictions in for Newcomb. Well, in the last two days, there have been four recruiting predictions for Jaden Hardy, a 2024 safety out of Louisville, Texas. This is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Louisville, just right around Grapevine. Um, this is another kid that's got a lot of athleticism to him, but we've seen crystal ball predictions from Steve Wiltfong of 247 Sports, National Recruiting Director. Our guys over at OU Insider, Parker Thune and Brandon Drum, have also issued uh crystal ball predictions and then you got sam spiegelman of on three the i can't remember what his exact title is but big wig heavy hitter well in the, in the know also issued a prediction on sunday evening but josh this is a guy that again very athletic player a dude that's going to be able to help them at the bat on the back end i really feel like he could play all over the back end like he could play safety he could play slot corner he could play outside corner he just got that kind of athleticism not as twitchy of a player as Jeremiah Newcomb, but a very good athlete in his own right and does play um, with good speed. Again, maybe not as switchy, but still a very good athlete, a guy that can play the football, get, make plays in on the ball in the air. And again, another two-way player, dude who start at wide receiver. And if you look at his subtle tape, there's a lot of clips of him taking wildcat um, snaps at quarterback. A lot of fourth and twos, fourth and threes. And one in particular, as you get deeper into his huddle tape, Josh, I'm, I'm not sure if you're watching him just yet, but 
they line him up as the holder on field goal attempts. And then they back him into a shotgun snap or they, they fake basically line him up as a field goal. And then they do a shotgun snap. He takes it and runs it in on a quote unquote fake field goal. I mean, the dude's a really, really good player. Somebody that's going to, he kind of reminds me a little bit of what Lewis Carter was for Tampa Catholic, a guy that just kind of did everything. This is what Jaden Hardy is for Louisville. It's just a dude that does everything. Well, and I think again, it's gigantic that you're seeing those type of prognostications for defensive players. Uh, I just, the retooling that Oklahoma needs to get accomplished in uh, the defensive backfield across the board defensively. It's exciting when you see another four-star kid is projected to Oklahoma. And you might've run down some of this, but 13th safety right now per 24 seven sports in the composite rankings Uh, top. Let's call it, let's round up top 150 player in the class right now. Rivals ESPN. They agree four style prospect, uh, four, four star style prospect in the 2024 class. So it's uh, great news. And again, if that's maybe imminent that that's about to be your second commitment and all of a sudden you pair a couple of defensive back commits, then all of a sudden we just start working our way forward through the defense, right? Toss a couple of linebackers on there though. Linebacker, I think, is the the one position group defensively to where with Brent Venables as your head coach, as long as Brent Venables is your head coach, and we've already seen it, Oklahoma probably doesn't have to worry too much about landing a blue-chip linebacker or two per each class. That's been happening for Oklahoma. But all of a sudden, you start working back to front, and uh, hopefully these defensive linemen that we've talked about Four names pretty prominently in this class. If you land two, three of those guys, all of a sudden you're you're starting to stack some elite defensive talent in consecutive classes. So it does feel like, and it's no surprise, that we start navigating through spring football. The visit season picks up a little bit, John, and all of a sudden Oklahoma, like last year, as we inch closer to the summer, guess what's happening? That ball is starting to roll downhill. Momentum's picking up for Oklahoma, and we see the first commitment, and probably there's going to be a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, and beyond coming not too far behind it. Yeah, and a lot of it is coming on the defensive side. Aaron Flowers, another guy, defensive back that's been projected to Oklahoma for quite some time. He's going to be committing on April 7th, but then we also got the commitment of Michael Hawkins coming on April 8th, and then Oklahoma is still trending in a really positive direction with Williams, Nguyenary, David Stone, a host of other defensive players. You mentioned linebacker as a place where maybe they don't have to. I mean, based on what they did in 2022 and 2023, they've got a ton of young linebacker depth. So, yeah, they might not be necessarily looking to take five, six linebackers or four or five linebackers this class like they'd done the last two but I could still see them picking up a couple. I mean, they're still very much in on Peyton Pierce, although he was recently crystal balled to Ohio State uh, by a Notre Dame insider. So that, that's going to be one to watch as well. But uh, another crystal ball projection came in for this time, a 2023 or sorry, 2024 offensive lineman. Uh, this is at a, for Caden Massey. Caden Massey is a, um, a very interesting prospect. He's one of those guys that seems like the Bill Bedenboe type. The the under recruited guy that we're going to try and develop somebody that's been a little bit on their radar um, or at least on like guys like Parker Thune's radar out of Kansas. Again, we know Oklahoma's desire to recruit 
the state of Kansas based on Brent Venables. Um, and they've done a really good job recruiting Kansas, Missouri. And this could just be that next kid of the, the three-star type that Bill Biedenboe just grabs, develops, and, and makes him another great Oklahoma Sooners offensive lineman. I'd be curious to talk to some folks, you know, in Wichita and Kansas City that cover Kansas City, Kansas, a lot of the Kansas preps action pretty closely to hear what their thoughts are on Caden Massey. Maybe we should look into trying to get somebody as a guest on the show to tell us a little bit more uh, on the recruiting side, what type of prospect this is, because I'm with you. It's uh, it's got that sort of feel to it kind of diamond in the, in the rough uh, six foot seven though, 270 pounds, John. I mean, this is someone that has the physical frame, to really, really fill out, I think, as this process goes along. And obviously, I mean, these this is the type of player in Massey, without even having watched his tape and, you know, not having been in attendance to watch one of his football games. Look, this is a K-State special right here, right? This is one of those guys that they find in Kansas, and all of a sudden we look up several years down the road, and they've developed this young man into an NFL talent down the road. So the fact that And look, I'm sure in Kansas circles, he's rated as the fifth player from the state of Kansas right now, which understandably Kansas doesn't have the track record even that Oklahoma has in terms of its high school prospects. But I'm guessing, again, if we talk to the right people that cover recruiting in the state of Kansas, that Caden Massey's been on their radar for a long, long time. But again, this has the feel of somebody that for Kansas and Kansas State, they can't really let get away. And for Oklahoma, they see what Kansas and Kansas state see. Yes. This is a developmental type that has a chance to be really, really good. If not immediately, John down the road, as you continue to fill out that frame, I mean, six foot seven, two seventy alone tells you, okay, if we can add 40 pounds to this frame, this is somebody that could be really special in a couple of years. So interestingly about Caden Massey, he plays eight man football. At Linden High School, I had to I had to count it several times, but yeah, they're playing eight man there, and that's not to say that that he can't be a great prospect. It just means that the level of competition that he's gone up against is probably not going to be the you know the Adipoju Adabares or you know those types of players. But it does speak to his athleticism and his ability to play in space, and in a Jeff Lebby offense, those are two qualities that are pretty important having guys that can get out and can run and, and having offensive linemen that can pull. And I think, I mean, he's going to check all those boxes because you got to be able to play in space in eight man football. Cause you got a lot of it to work with. So it's just an interesting little nugget there. And that's not, again, that's not to discount the type of player he is. Cause you look at him on, on the, the huddle tape and he's a physical player. He wants to put people in the dirt. He's going to block people to the second, third level. He's going to, you know, seal his block and then get to the second level. He moves really, really well. Reminds me a little bit of Heath Ozida from last, the last recruiting cycle. Just somebody who has a lot of athleticism, a lot of size, but moves really, really well with the size that they have. And then they're really, really physical at the point of attack. So very intriguing player. And, and again, just seems like a Bill Beatmo special, someone to watch. But I think it's going to be a, a guy that has a chance to really develop. You know, he, he's going to, coming from an eight man, you know, program at Linden, he's going to, probably come into Oklahoma with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, looking to prove himself, you know, coming from what most would consider a really small program. So it'd just be fascinating to watch and and see where he ends up 
uh, because we know that Bill Beatenbow, he does a really, really good job developing offensive linemen, and this could be no different as well. And, and again, already has a nice little collection of Power 5 offers from KU, K-State, Nebraska's uh, in on the recruitment there as well, regarded as uh, a top 650 player nationally according to 24-7 sports. He's a three-star kid, so it's not uh, it's not as though we're talking about you know, six foot seven kid from Kansas playing eight man football. That's got zero stars next right. to his name. I mean, he is a, he is a three-star talent though. Uh, it does again, kind of have that trajectory to, it's not a four or five star kid just, just yet. Right. But maybe over the course of time can develop uh, into that. And part of it again, John is probably just what you mentioned, the eight man football thing. And the fact that he's playing in Kansas they haven't seen him go up against a bunch of four-star, five-star defensive linemen, so that's probably a little bit where the rating is what it is. There's uh, other predictions out there, too. I'm seeing here right over uh, you guys over at Sooners Wire. Easy search out there, people. Soonerswire.com, and you can find all sorts of information. Zion Kearney, a uh, rival's future cast. That's uh, a wide receiver in 24 to Oklahoma. 25 wide receiver Grayson Harris getting some momentum to Oklahoma, so – Again, John, I think the big picture takeaway here is just one commitment down in the 24 class, one already in 25, as we know, in Kevin Sperry, who uh, we talked to recently right here on Locked On Sooners. This is the trend for Oklahoma. Spring uh, leapfrogs into summer, and I think by the time we get done with the months of June and July, we're going to look up, and it's going to happen real, real quick. Blink and you'll miss it. In Oklahoma, who had zero commits in 24, you're going to look up, and you're going to see 12, 15 commits just like that, and, yeah. and high, high-level commits too, John. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree, and it's going to be a, a class that is pushing to the top 10 by midsummer. It's just going to be, and it might even be before then, but a lot of the big fish are still probably going to be out there. You know, when we talk with John Garcia, he doesn't expect a, a guy like David Stone or Williams Nonary to, to commit anytime soon still. And so they could have, or be at least on the verge of a top 10 class with those big fish still out there to seal the deal with. So it'll be really interesting to follow those. Uh, one other one we got to talk about after we talk to you about FanDuel is 2025 five-star tight end that Oklahoma is trending in a very positive direction with, which also could bode well for their 2024 quarterback situation as well. But we'll talk to you about that after Josh talks to you about FanDuel. NBA season approaching the playoffs. Will the Oklahoma City Thunder be back in it? I think there's a chance. There's a chance. And oh, by the way, now the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Why? Because the FanDuel Sportsbook app, it's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use, and yes, new customers, you get a no-sweat first bet. That's like you get to play March Madness, except it's double elimination. You get a chance back, right? You're not one and done like we saw too many Big 12 teams on many occasions throughout this tournament. No-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. And uh, FanDuel, they let you bet on everything that you like. Money line, point scores, threes drained, you name it. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat. First bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com backslash locked on. FanDuel.com backslash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So you say tight end you? I don't know if Oklahoma actually 
gets that moniker. Most people feel like it's the University of Iowa or Miami head to head for that. Though Oklahoma's had their fair share, some pretty doggone good tight ends, and and even lately, and it sounds like Oklahoma eh, trending in that category again, John. I mean, I think Oklahoma definitely has um, some say in that with like Mark Andrews having so, so much success at the NFL level, Jer- you know, Jermichael Finley before him, Blake Bell's made himself a nice little career in the NFL uh, as a tight end too, you know, for the chiefs and the Cowboys and the back with the chiefs. So I don't know. I think Oklahoma could kind of stake its claim, at least in the, the tight end discussion, uh, maybe not one or two, but right there. And so in, anyway, that's besides the point. But Davin Mitchell, 2025 tight end, who is looking like, sounding like he's going to reclassify to 2024. Nothing's official on that, on that front yet, but it sounds like that's the direction that he's heading. Several, you know, Parker Thune, our guy, again, over OU inside of 247 Sports, issued another crystal ball on Davin Mitchell going to the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, uh, he, there was a couple predictions that came through for the Sooners on that front this weekend. So it looks like Oklahoma is trending in a positive direction for him. Uh, again, a five-star tight end in the 2025 class. If you've got a rating in 2025, you're pretty good. If you're a five-star kid already in the 2025 cycle, you're really, really, really good. Because you look at most kids and they don't have ratings yet. Like a lot of the 2025 class is still missing ratings. Um, even like Kevin Sperry, our dude committed to the Sooners. He's not rated yet over at 24-7 Sports or on three. You know, they're just not caught up yet on 25. They're still working through 24 kids. So Davin Mitchell, the dude's a dude. Duke can play. He's got the athleticism. He's got the strength. He's got the size. He's got the ability to play on the outside, the inside. He can play in line. He does everything really, really well. The intriguing thing about Davin Mitchell, Josh, is he and Michael Hawkins are tight, like really tight, like best friends tight. According to people that, you know, Parker Thune, guys that are in the know, like this is a really, really strong relationship. Michael Hawkins has been trending towards the Sooners for a long time now. TCU is still, you know, very much a player in that recruitment. But if Davin Mitchell is trending towards the Sooners, I think that could bode really, really well for the idea that Michael Hawkins is going to commit to Oklahoma. Now, they're not always a package deal. This, you know, this doesn't always go together. However, you know, Michael Hawkins posted a tweet not, you know, maybe a week or two ago, and Davin Mitchell quote tweeted it and said, Where are we going? Where are we going, bro? Or something like that. But it was basically, Where are we going? Uh, oh, I think it was like in maybe in his announcement for his commitment date. So it sounds like Davin Mitchell wants to go play with Michael Hawkins at some, you know, wherever they end up landing. So it'll be interesting to follow that. But the fact that Jermi- uh, Joe John Finley has the Oklahoma Sooners in position to land probably the top tight end in the 2025 cycle and someone who could come as soon as 2024, absolutely huge for the Sooners. Well, and these two, I guess, were teammates, right, at Allen? Mm-hmm. Is that correct? So, Yeah, and then Davin, Davin transferred to Los Alamitos in California, uh, you know, back where Malachi Nelson and Makai Lemon played. And then, uh, you know, recently in – you know, recent months, uh, Hawkins transferred to Frisco Emerson. So you've got that relationship and, uh, it's well-established, uh, looks, looks talented. I've only briefly, as we've been sitting here, watched a snippet or two of, uh, this young man's highlights, but, uh, 
you know, you could see the the size, fluid runner. It's uh, easy to see why already folks are as high on this kid as they are, and that's with a very, very limited knowledge and uh, <laughs> high school tape viewing session here. So that's exciting news, man. And uh, obviously, if uh, if you do get the commitment from Hawkins, would would probably, yeah, I mean, bode well. It doesn't, you know, you don't necessarily throw out the phrase it doesn't sound like yet john that this is a quote-unquote package deal but probably if you land hawkins puts you in really really good shape to land mitchell i think so it it seems like that's the case again you never know with it but i'm gonna i'm gonna believe and be optimistic about that and and i'm gonna be optimistic about all all, a lot of this and i kind of want to talk about this maybe on the live show that we're going to do on Monday night. But this idea that we can't be excited or we can't, you know, be applauding the Oklahoma Sooners for getting a commitment because they haven't signed yet. Like I've seen people kind of poo-pooing it, the idea of like getting your hopes up and things like that. Like what are we doing this for if we're not going to have fun and enjoy the ride? Like, of course, a commitment's not a signing, but do we have to say that with every single commitment that Oklahoma gets? I feel like it's kind of something that's implied, but I want to dive into that a little bit deeper on the live show uh, tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Central Time, Monday. We'll talk about it then. But Josh, any parting words before we get out of here? Oh, I mean, every commitment's obviously signing with the University of Oklahoma. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think that's the takeaway. Yeah, big recruiting weekend. We'll have more as more comes out from the aftermath of this big recruiting weekend here on Locked On Sooners. Make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams. And the show is at Locked On Sooners. Check it out. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until we talk to you next time, Boomer Sooner.